This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants, 18 plus reward registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Well, the final score at the Select Leasing Stadium, or whatever it's called up at Reading, it finished Reading 2, City 3. A first win for City since the 13th of March at the 13th attempt in a league game. So, well done. And uh, I'm sure Nigel will be dancing tonight, whether it be ballroom dancing that he does in his spare time. So, we're told, I don't know. Joining me this evening is Ian, and I'm delighted to welcome to our live show for the first time, former player, uh, Chris Honor, Chris, uh, I'll start with uh, you. What we normally do on these things is have a quick sort of intro on the game, what our thoughts were, then we go into the details. So, Chris, when we spoke earlier today, um, this was a bit unexpected, really, wasn't it? Yeah? Yeah, fabulous start, wasn't it? Um, and um, not what we really expected at all. Um, after the first couple of games of the season, it's been all a bit of a struggle. Then you get two goals. Um Full of confidence. I'm watching the games now. Uh, the goals go in on Sky Sky now, and it was just amazing. It was it was a it was back to the wall stuff towards the end, and all really hard work. Um, but it was great stuff. I mean, it's I mean, as Ian just said, he's he's aged five years in the last five minutes. <laughs> I, I felt exactly. Yeah. What were your thought? What were your thoughts, Ian, on uh, on the game? Quick summary. Uh, quick summary. If we we need to start like that every week. Yeah. Um, it was higher tempo. We moved the ball, but tonight you saw all the good things and all the bad things about Bristol City encapsulated into 90 minutes. And I've got some ideas on that that no doubt we'll, um, we'll develop we'll later. Get into on. The detail. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, if, if you'd have wanted to show somebody, not a typical Bristol City performance, but if you wanted to show people what we're good at and what we're bad at, that would have been an absolutely perfect game. And it, I think if, if if Pearson can get a videotape of the game and play it back to the players and say, right, watch this. This is the first 10, 15 minutes and watch all the stuff you're doing right. Right. Now, let's have a look now at all the stuff we got wrong and mm-hmm. we'll discuss, we'll discuss what, what we're going to do about it. 
Yeah, no, that's uh, that's good. We'll get into the detail of that. Chris, uh, the starting lineup. Um, it was uh, unusual that Cameron Pring came in. I mean, how did you see it lining up? Was it a sort of a four? Was it still the four four two or or what? How did you see the shape of the side? Because it was uh, a surprise, Cameron coming in, wasn't it? I thought it was a fantastic selection come the end. I think Cameron Cameron Pring was man of the match. Um, I don't know whether people agree with me, but I thought he was fabulous. I mean, what, what you know, he looked strong on the ball. He had good pace. He had he was positive when he got the ball and he went forward. He took up the space when he had the opportunity. He got on cover on De Silva. I just thought he was great. Um, shame he went off. I hope he's not out for a few games. Um, but yeah, he was he was excellent for a young lad coming into his first game. But um, as for the shape. Um, I would say it's 4-4-2. I think we've been conceding goals from, from wide areas. So um, I think what they've done is they've they've put an extra defender to back up to Silver on one side um, and yeah. then had a w- willing runner with Scott um, backing up Simpson on the other side just to stop the crosses coming in. And um, we obviously got those two nice, easy early goals. Or not, I wouldn't say easy, but we got those two early goals um, and that gave us something to hang on to. Um, yeah. And we and we played some decent stuff. And I think Ian's 100% right. It, the whole game encapsulates cap, uh, Bristol City. And we can see that every week. You know, we, we kept good possession of the ball in the first 20 minutes. We chased the ball down well in packs. We hunted in packs, got the ball back in high areas. And then later on in the game, we just gave the ball away far too cheaply and invited Reading onto us. And we made it, yeah. we made it really, really hard work. And it's, it's a horrible horrible last 20 minutes really um and it wasn't until the third goal went in that we kind of um had a little bit of a breather uh, um sorry after half time it's only when they scored their their second goal we we started to panic again we and panicked it, a bit. it was all yeah just a little bit then ian um nigel made changes in defense on the right hand side viner and uh, baker were left out i mean viner had a bit of a mare at the weekend but nathan baker do you think he can consider himself unlucky i mean he was the one that had to make way to accommodate callas and that was one of the options that i uh, predicted on twitter this afternoon but the starting lineup any surprises for you i mean wyman seemed to be playing a little bit more down the middle as well didn't he uh yeah, I mean, it, I think Nathan Baker can consider himself very unlucky, but I suppose it was a toss-up between him and, and uh, Rob Atkinson after go out if if we were going to play a four. Um, mm. And I think one of the things that I noticed uh, tonight that I, I wanted to develop, possibly later on, is the fact that um, none of our midfield players, I don't think, can defend. Mm. Um, and and I think it puts us under. If you if you deconstruct the goals that they scored, mm. they all started. I mean, I thought we were weak down the right hand side. I have to be honest, because I think Alex Scott's not a great defensive player. Mm. Danny Simpson, for me, I know Zach had a mare um, at the weekend, but I, I think I think one of the positions we actually need to straighten is a right back. And if we went to wing backs, as I said to you earlier. I put Sam Pearson in, who incidentally got a really good goal for the. I under-23s. saw, yeah, I saw the goals of the under twenty threes on the uh, Robins TV preview. Yeah, yeah, and um, I, I think that would work better because then you could fit Callas Baker and uh, Atkinson in. And I think even though, all right, we've won tonight, we've played uh, really a four four two. I guess Campering did, if you will, the Calamo Dowder role as yeah. as the uh, as what a million years ago we'd have called an outside left. Um, 
and Alex Scott got pushed over to the right, which I honestly don't think is his best position. The kid worked really hard uh, and he helped create uh, what turned out to be the winning goal. Yes, um, he did. So, uh, so I think that's good. But defending, as the first goal showed, isn't his best attribute. And we're still a little bit naive in the fact that when the lad was running away from Masengo, two things needed to happen. Somebody needed to come and close him down or Masengo needed to trip him up and take a, to get a yellow card. Take one for and, the team, which he didn't, get, which yeah, he didn't do. And, yeah. and, and ne- neither one happened. But on, on the um, impressive things, we got more players in the box than I've seen for ages. We yeah. started high tempo, high press. We had genuine width and balance. Our set pieces were a lot better. Yeah. Um, but look, like I said, the right side of the de- uh, the defence was weak. So I think there's a lot there to work on. But that was a massive three points. Because yeah, we- no, it was. What? So I-, I think it's a massive three points. And if we could get three against Swansea... Uh, then it would it would send us into the seven side derby in really good heart, in good spirit, in good spirit. Chris, uh, I'll get you to look at the first two goals. I mean, it was a boom boom, and uh, I think it was the third callous long throw. We've not seen a long throw like that since Order Magnuson. Has he been practicing or something? Because it was a classic long throw, Martin Flick, and uh, there was uh, Andreas Weiman with the first of his two goals. I think we just went back to basics a little bit, didn't we? We just tried to get the ball into the box a little bit more. We, we tried to put them under a little bit of pressure. I, I heard uh, Alex Ball talking about data and crosses, getting the balls in from different areas. So sometimes you just got to put teams on the back foot, put them under a bit of pressure and see where the ball drops. And on that occasion, a uh, good flick on by Martin and Weiman was in the right place to tuck it away. Um, the second one, um, pretty much the same, wasn't it? It was, it was all yeah. worked but they'd obviously worked on their set pieces. There was a there was a corner at one stage where I think Callas started on the far post. I think someone someone blocked off his runner and he peeled off to the far post and he had a, a decent header across goal. So they've obviously been working on the um, on the training pit uh, and they look a little bit more organised. But you know, as as me and Ian always seem to sort of agree on so much, I mean, <laughs> it was a huge three points. I mean. It, it stops the the boat from rocking, really, doesn't it? I mean, to to say how many games they've they they've gone without winning is ridiculous. March, um, yeah, thirteen, thirteen. This was the thirteenth attempt since March, and I say they'd uh, drawn four and lost eight of those games, but uh, they certainly uh, they certainly put that right now. Um, Mark's uh, join us, Mark. The um, Second goal, uh, Scott, he's got that Jack Grealish about him and he's great at drawing fouls. You know, as he, he, he got the free kick or won the free kick. And it was, as Chris alluded to just then, it was well-worked free kick uh, taken by uh, James to Pring. And there was Martin to make it 2-0. How did you see that goal? Yeah, I mean, he, he puts a lot of spin on the ball, if you see. It's like a little sand wedge, isn't it? Out of a bunker onto the green. And he just drops it. On the forward's head, but fantastic by Pring because he just monstered the uh, the defender and headed the ball back in for, for Martin. And, you know, a forward's loving that in motion, just steers it past the keeper. The keeper's got to come out and he's got no chance because he got two or three players in front of him, no chance at all. But the great thing about Scott, what he'll do is he'll get a low centre of gravity. So he'll go down across the ball, put his body yeah. in the way, and he's just going to win fouls all the time. And you've got with something like Matt James with a delivery like that, 
You know, he saw him do it against Middlesbrough. He saw him do it against Blackpool. He'll get the yeah. ball on somebody's head. Fantastic delivery. Excellent, excellent. Ian, uh, you said that we were uh, um, weak down the right-hand side, which has sort of been a – well, we've been weak down both sides for some of the goals we conceded. But on the 20 minutes, it was uh, the third goal of the game, and it came from a build-up, our right flank, their left. Uh, sloppy is a word I wrote down there. It was crossed by Bristow, and Aziz uh, pinged it in. You know, that was uh, typical goal City have conceded this season, wasn't it? Yeah, they got. I mean, in fairness, they got they got lucky uh, because uh, one of the, the striker tried to shoot with his left foot, absolutely scuffed it sideways, and the other lad middled it. That what I would question is why no one was marking him. I think what was Jada Silva doing? Stood in front of Dan Bentley, get out and stand in front of that kid and block the shot. Um, mm. And 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 he how they got that running down the right hand side because none of our players went near them. But if you look at the players. Uh, Danny Simpson should be a lot better defending than that. He's a very experienced guy. Um, Alex Scott, like I said, defending is not his strength. You, you want him on the ball, facing goal around the penalty area. That's where it hurt teams. Um, and I don't know who the other runner was, but uh, uh, this comes back to my Laurent. point about... Le- no, Josh Laron passed it back for Bristow and he, he played it across the box, like you said, and Puskas stuffed no, I, it. I'm on about... Mark, I'm on about our team. Uh, there was a there was a third city player there. It could have been Matty James. Yeah, there was. But he's a, he's four, wasn't Yeah, he's another player that isn't great defended. And and you know you say, oh well, you know you're picking holes. We've won. You pick yeah, but that's how you improve. You win the game. You say, right lads, brilliant. This is all the stuff we did right, and you do do all that. You say, but this is what we need to do better. And and I mm. think tracking runners. Defending in midfield. I mean, King was another one that went off tonight. So let's hope he's not too serious. But he's another guy. I'm ever so sorry. And he blamed himself for Matt Crooks' goal um, on Saturday. And he's another one. He can't defend. Casey Palmer can't defend. The only one you add in the midfield, if you call it that, uh, playing wide, who can defend is Cam Brink. Um, and, and that is where we we need to improve on those areas. But you know, people say, well, you've got Backington, he's a holding player. He's not really a great defensive player. He's, he's better off offensively. I I think he's more of a eight or a ten than a than a, a four or a six. Um, yeah. so that that's an area we need to make. But fantastic three points. Um and we scored three decent goals and I'd have yeah. loved for one I'd love to see Vyman's I'd love to see that fourth one go in um, from Andy Voiman uh, because I thought he deserved a hat-trick tonight. I thought he was he was yeah. terrific. No, and we've been criticising, I've been critical of, well, we all have on this podcast probably, of uh, Voiman and Chris Martin to that extent. And they both had good games. Tom Rolls pointed out here on the uh, text feed, no player has won more aerial duels than Chris Martin in the championship so far this season. 33, which is... Uh, Incredible, really, because he's not, he looks a big lad, but I think you told me, and he's only about five foot ten. Uh, the third goal, Chris, the third goal coming crucially seven minutes after the restart, and it was a, it was a well worked goal. It was Vyman to Scott. He showed skill at crossing the ball, and it was, it was a good finish, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a great finish. I mean, Scott, I, I personally thought Scott was going to pull the trigger. Um, mm. 
and then he saw there was a little gap um, and he squared it sideways. Ryman could have hit it first time, but he decided to take it, take it round the goalkeeper and he slotted it away nicely. But Scott, um, as Ian was saying, shows some some fabulous touches. I'm really excited about watching him and watching him grow because he's still a young kid. Um, I, I think defensively, he possibly is slightly weak. And again, that will come with the experience. Um, but, you know, some of the things that Ian did mention... Um, defensively in midfield we've got we've got quite a few players who are exactly the same in the same sort of kind of dynamic they they they, they like to get on the ball they they kind of sit but they don't really hunt hunt the ball really heavily do they they don't get the ball back they're not they don't present any physical attributes that really scare teams they don't go with their runners very well and come the end when we had palmer masengo king all chasing the ball down in midfield. I was shutting my eyes watching it. So it was um, it was a tough little period. Um, but I, I thought pretty excellent. Um, unfortunately, he went off. But yeah, Bristol City looked good um, at times. But it's uh, you know it's three points and we're up to four points. You know, up to four points. And we're somewhere like mid table now. Play tomorrow, Mark. Um, claims for a penalty on sixty three minutes. I mean, I think the standard of refereeing in. The matches we've seen this season, I think it's been sound. Puskas uh, saying, uh, making the appeal there, no pen, ball to Callis's hand. It was definitely, his hand was, it didn't move to the ball, but that would have been a harsh penalty had that been given, do you think, or or, or not, 63 minutes? Yeah, well, he just played He just played it. He, t- he just tried to stroke the ball p- p- into the corner, but his hands were down by his side. There was no way he could get his, his hands out of the way. So it, it was a it was a correct decision. Uh, and then uh, you know from the court from the corner, um, I think Pring lost his man, lost more, and, and more was closed down by uh, Martin just enough to put him off, and he added the ball over the bar. Yeah, uh, from from the resulting corner from the move after that. But yeah, it's no, it's a penalty. Yeah. Yeah. did the right thing. He he, he got you know he, he blocked his view. Yeah. Um, Ian Scott and uh, Pring went off. I guess that was tiredness, cramp, or whatever. Palmer came on. Baker gave a bit of solidity to the uh, defence. Was lucky when the ball went off him for a corner that wasn't given. But the goal on 80 minutes, uh, scored by a player that made uh, 10 appearances for us on loan 2015 16 season, Liam Moore. He ran from deep. And what you said about midfielders that can stop players on the ball, um, Hanoa should have. Tripped him, 40 yards from goal, taking a yellow for the team. And do you think Dan Bentley should have done better with the shot? Because it was from some distance out and wasn't particularly hard. Ian. Hello, Ian. Hey, Chris, I'll come to you, Chris. Chris, um, that, that, that goal, yeah, in Ian's absence, yeah? I think he was on... I think he was unfortunate. It just it just snuck right in the corner, didn't it? He couldn't really get that one. I, I would hate to blame him. I, I I personally thought that he managed to get too far up the field before he was challenged, and Masengo should have taken a foul on behalf of the team. Sometimes you've got to take a yellow card, um, and you know someone did it earlier. I think Cameron Pring did it and took a a yellow card on the halfway line, and Masengo should have noticed the big gap behind him, knew he was going to get past him and get a shot away and should have just clipped his heels or or just taken a foul for the boys. And um, it was disappointing when that went in because it was all, it was like the Alamo after that, wasn't it? And um, it, was, <laughs> it was a tense 20 minutes. Yeah, I mean, it was like the Alamo, but uh, Ian, are you back in the room now or uh, can you hear me okay or or not? Are you, uh, you still there, Ian? Hello, Ian? 
Ian, can't hear you. Um, Mark, the, uh, the the icing on the cake could have been uh, when uh, Palmer hit the post and uh, 4-2 would have maybe been a fairer reflection of City's dominance, even though they had that uh, backs to the wall at, at the end. Yeah, Palmer basically, he had a player between him and the goalkeeper and he, he passed it, tried to pass it into the corner. And I thought it was in, but it rebounded straight out. And Feynman had a bit of an acute angle, so he really, you know, it was it was really difficult to get it past the keeper, and uh, you know, he 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 blocked the shot. But uh, yeah, I mean, for, I thought four two would have been a fair result because today, I mean, I thought it, mainly we 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 stopped them from getting crosses in the box. We looked very good. Our centre backs looked very good in the air, and I thought yeah. our four backs defended quite well. We tired a bit at the end. They were looking to hit crossfield passes. Um, behind Simpson uh, in the main, working down the right because Palmer wasn't very good defensively at all when he came on. Masengo made some really good tackles. I think the only time he let us down was when he let let uh, Liam Moore get goal side in. But otherwise, I thought he was he was pretty tidy. Picked up a lot of loose balls on the edge of the area and looked to have us go, going forward. But Denny Bashir, who uh, who came on for Bristow. Uh, in the second half, looked quite lively. He had some chances and he tried to pass the ball through us. But I thought we withstood the challenge at the end very well. We just flagged a bit and we lacked composure on the ball and we could have brought the ball out of defence. That's something we need to work on. But the commitment from the team, absolutely terrific tonight. 120% commitment. That's what Yeah, we can't say. fault that. We can't fault that. Ian's uh, back in the room. I mean, Ian, you said it put five uh, years on you, put five years on most of us watching it. But... Uh, Palmer, uh, I'd say we just talked about it, but I'll bring you back in on it. Palmer was unlucky not to make it four. And if it had ended 4-2 when he hit the post, if it had ended 4-2, you said that was a fairer reflection than the close affair that it appeared by that 3-2 scoreline. Yeah, but I think that's a championship for you. You know, you have got players. It's not like League One where Moore comes up as a centre-back, tries to hit that shot and it goes in row 14 in the stand. Although... Reading did do a few of those. Uh, even without Lucas Zhao um, and some of their other um, stars, if you want to call them that, they still had a decent team. Uh, yeah. And I think they're, they're, they're a better team than either Blackpool or, or Middlesbrough, to be yeah. perfectly honest. So um, the sides will do that too. So that sort of thing is about concentration. It's about professionalism. A couple of other small points. I thought Danny Simpson was panicking like mad come the end. Mm. And what's, what's the thing with Dan Bentley keep kicking the ball out of play? Directly well, he's probably being coached by, he's being coached by Frankie Fielding probably based on how he was. Well, in. no, I, I just, I, I just think that that is something that really annoys me because all you do effectively is, is give the ball back to the other team and, and take all the pressure off them. And I thought, Ian, when we attack, sorry, Ian, I'm just going to interrupt. But one thing which also mm. annoys me is why they take Sunday throw-ins down down the line each time, and they never get the ball to to a midfield player, get it back and play and join in, and just you know sweep the ball across to the opposite side of the pitch as well. I mean, but this this kicking yeah. the ball out, it just it just adds pressure. And you know, when yeah. you want yeah. the composure from your best players and to settle everything down, just to kick the ball out to lift the the home crowd. 
it's like a momentum swing. You know, you've got to know how to manage games. And he's been talking about how you manage games. And that's why we've we've lost two, you know, two games in the league just recently. But that that's criminal. That's criminal kicking the ball out, you know, straight into touch. Yeah. It lifts it lifts the home fans. City heads go down. It's you know, it's a little bit of discipline, like you were saying. Sorry, and I interrupted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I think I absolutely agree with what you're saying. And you would think that the very experienced guys we've got, so the likes of Andy King, Matty James, Thomas Callas, uh, would grab all of Bentley and go, "Oi, skipper!" Um, <laughs> and that's something, something that it needs. That's that's, that's something. There's some, five skippers some, on a pitch. There should be five experienced lads on the pitch. You can say anything to each other, regardless of what it sounds yeah. like and how it's said. You've got to have you've got to have big characters in a team if you ever want to achieve anything. There's not just because yeah. you wear you, just because you wear that and the armband means nothing. I've been captains in team teams and I've been getting slaughtered by my players because I'm having a bad game and vice versa. When other people have uh, have bad games, we we try to either lift them or we we tell them to pull their finger out. So you know if you're going to be a yeah. be a top six team, which we wanted to be last year, now we're trying to stay out the bottom six. I know, but you know it's. Um, you know, you've got you've got to have you've got to have six or seven captains out there who just expect higher standards from the people around them. Yeah, and I guess that's yeah. why Nigel brought in the likes of uh, King and uh, Matty James to sort of give him that. And if Simpson had a, was two years younger, well, he probably wouldn't be here. But those are the sort of characters that you're talking about, Chris. If I ask you a question, if you look back on your playing career, what sort of mid, what players from your playing career, if you could bring them forward in a time machine? Two players would you bring to put in that current Bristol City side, possibly to address what Ian and you have been saying about the lack of grit in midfield and maybe somebody that's a bit more prolific up front? I think I know the answer to the last one, but who would that midfield character be, other than yourself, of course? <laughs> oh, we, all, we all want to carry that player, don't we? David wants it back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, listen the, boot, the boots are in the garage. I'll go and fetch them. And uh, listen, yeah. um, Genuinely, I, I like Marvin Elliott. Um, I, was it Marvin Elliott in midfield? I just thought, alongside yeah. uh, Lee Johnson going back 20 years ago, he was just the best fetcher and carrier that I've seen at Ashton Gate for a long, long time. He could break mm-hmm. games up. He, he had long legs and long limbs to enable him to make tackles. He could carry the ball forward. He came up with the odd goal. I just thought he was, you know, a, a championship equivalent of Vieira. You know, he was he was fabulous. Um, and then I know who you want me to say. I think probably Bob Taylor, who always gets yeah. your goals, doesn't he? But um, I, listen, there were some fabulous players. I mean, I I left to go to Scotland and didn't see um, uh, Andy Cole. I, I heard he was exceptional when he was down there when he wasn't tripping over his bottom lip. But, um, you know, the lad, the, lad, the, lad, the lad had some potential and he went on to prove, prove he, he believed in himself and he was certainly as good as he thought he was. Yeah, Mark. What have you thought about the standard of refereeing uh, this season in our league? I would, I would say across the board. You know, there don't seem to have been many howlers, and in the TV games, is that partly because of a new interpretation of the uh, VAR? Yeah, they're giving the benefit, the doubt to the attacker a little bit more. What do you think? Yeah, I think they they want to let the game flow and as much as possible in the Premier League. Or surprise, what's the Man City Spurs game? And you know, they they seem to you know allow a lot of solid tackles. They don't seem to be uh, you know, it's fussy make, making free kicks and, and stopping the game like they did. 
that they said favouring favouring the attack inside, which is great to see. I thought tonight City were aggressive in the tackle. I mean, the first half, Danny Simpson even got into the opposition half a few times, and then he uh, and then yeah. he fed off his seat. But I think that what what really really delights me is that he can pick Cameron Pring and Alex Scott, and they will not let Bristol City down. You know, I, I, Cameron Pring, what is he, 22? Um, Ian, Ian 21, 21. 20, 21, and Alex Scott is only 17, but he can trust those players. They will not let them down. They can they can definitely be, they'll be definitely in my start at 11 uh, on Friday night because they, they work yeah. their socks off tonight. Alex can be a little bit better in defence, but he'll build up. He'll build up some muscle. He'll build, he'll get some he's muscle. A confident, he? He's a confident, confident player who gets in good positions and and will win City. You know, uh, free kicks high up the pitch. Bit more yeah. composure. I'm sure we'll see him score some goals uh, be- before long. But that's a real bonus for me. Mister Lansgang's going to be pleased. The academy's the academy's producing. <laughs> At long last. I mean, Ian, you know, the league table, you can be up and down like a, a yo-yo. We're in seventh. We'll probably fall back after the games tomorrow. But uh, Swansea City, um, they've lost 3-1 at home to Stoke, who I think are a side that are going to be uh, up there challenging. I mean, it puts one win at this early stage of the season uh, and ignore the cup exit. It puts a different complexion on it, you know, and after three games, uh, how many league games are we playing now? After four league games, we could be on seven points if we won. Is it a tough game against the uh, men from the other side of the bridge? I mean, no Walsh, no uh, no uh, Corey Smith, but, um, you know, what could, what do you think we could expect on Friday? Well, uh, they've, they've got beaten tonight, and mm. uh, I think it I think it was at Stoke, wasn't it? Um, yeah. So I think we need, no, we need to take a... Oh, sorry, I meant against Stoke. Um, yeah, it was at home. So yeah. I, I don't think you can take a lot a lot from it, uh, except that, I mean, OK, Stoke have beaten them 3-1, um, and they're obviously not going to be in good heart. But I, I actually think Stoke are going to be one of the sides, or whoever it is, can you stop it in that keyboard? Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I mean, I think... You, they're not going to be in great heart. I mean, there'll be the thing. Okay, we we, we want to make we want to bounce back, but there's also the 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 thing where you think to yourself, um, they'll be thinking, well, hang on, Bristol City won three two away tonight. Um, Vyman's got a couple. Martin scored. They must be doing something right. And it's always the way, you know. You look at. I'm, I'm saying. Stoke did well tonight. I mean, they might have been completely outplayed, got two penalties and, a, and another lucky goal. But that's just the way it goes. But looking at, and I'll tell you something very interesting. Tonight, we had 33% of the ball. Mm. We had 60, 62% up at, um, up at Borough. And it just goes to show, it ain't how much of the ball you got, it's what you do with it. What and you, you don't do. Get any any yeah. prizes for passing it backwards or sideways. And Ian, Ian, we had so much more purpose tonight, didn't we? There was times when yes. we, we took the opportunity, yeah. we went forward. I mean, what Mark was saying about, you know, the young lads, I just thought the, they had such drive tonight. They all had a point to prove. They're, they, they're so inexperienced. They've got all their careers in front of them. And some of the, some of their enthusiasm was infectious. And I just yeah. thought, you know, it spread amongst the whole team. So, you know, roll on, roll on Friday. Um, I mean, I think the game's live on Sky, isn't it? And uh, yes, it is. And, yeah, and 
either either that or you'll be listening to me on Radio Bristol talking rubbish. So you know, it's, uh, it's <laughs> I think I'm covering it with them. But um, yeah, it's listen, me and you, David, we were chatting uh, if City lost tonight because we expected them to lose, didn't we? And have yeah, we do. Won- one point after three games, and you know, you know, I would have been absolutely sick looking up at the looking up at the table, thinking, "Where's this season going?" Now we've just got three points, and the season looks completely different. And we're talking about beating Swansea, so yeah, yeah, you know, it's how quickly the season can change. And the lead, and Lee, Lisa said, "No point looking at the league tables until we've played ten games," and she's probably right from that point of view. I mean, Chris, do you think do you think uh, there'll be some tired legs? Because that's quite a short turnaround between now and Friday. They'll have a rest day tomorrow, back in training Thursday. Do you think there'll be any team changes uh, against the uh, against the Swans? Well, it all depends on how many you can make again. It sounds a little bit like last season. We haven't got the biggest squad. Obviously, they've they've trimmed it on last year. We may have picked up two injuries tonight. Um, he's mm. obviously made three changes from the starting lineup from Saturday. Um, do you know, I, I'm not really worried about you know the turnaround. The game might be slightly slower for both teams because they'll both be recovering from a Tuesday night game. Um, True. If they if they if they approach the game with the same enthusiasm, passion, a bit of zest in their legs, they'll be fine. Because, you know what, hopefully the Bristol City faithful, you know, everyone's loving having the fans back in the ground. So if, if you can't lift yourself for these games on a Friday night in front, you know, in front of the floodlights, in front of TV, you've got no chance of being a professional footballer, really, have you? No, and particularly in uh, a local derby. Ian, would you uh, do a predicted lineup this uh, Friday evening? You know, assume everybody's fit, but do you think you might tweak it in a few areas? Start Palmer. Well, Scott looked absolutely on his legs at the end of it, didn't he? But what 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 are your thoughts in that respect? I, I don't think I uh, I don't think I'd start Palmer. Although he, I mean, he could have come on, been a really effective sub, been scored a goal. He almost did, didn't he? He missed it the first shot, and then lovely little attempted finish with his right at the inside of the post. Um, mm. I think we've, we'd have to. I'd be if I was Pearson. I'd be looking. I think. Well, the shape's okay. I've got some that can go again, and perhaps some that can't. So, for example, if Callum O'Dowd was fit, he could come in for Campring. If Campring was, I don't know, eighty twenty something like that. And bear in mind, mm. he's not. He's not played. He played at Forest Green, but he's not played a, a huge amount. I think that was his championship debut tonight. Yes, it was. Um, yes, it was. So, um, and then you've got to look at. Alex Scott, do you keep playing him for 60 minutes from the start? Or do you say, well, OK, you sit on the bench for this one and we, if, if we need to, we'll use you with 20 minutes to go as an impact sub. Um, I wouldn't change the Vyman-Martin uh, setup because you've got two intelligent footballers there who work well together. Uh, mm. But on the, the subject made, made earlier that you made about aerial challenges and all the rest of it, I think that shows something that we were doing wrong, uh, that we were playing too many balls to Chris Martin in the air. And tonight, we played a lot more football. We we got around him. We brought the ball down. We played it on the floor. And one of the things that was starting to annoy me was when I see players like Matty James, who's got a decent first touch and he can pass a ball, just lamping it up the field at the end. Because you put yourself in the pressure. I mean, dominate the ball and get players in the corner. And poss- and the best way, and we almost did it, the best way to close out a game like that is, is to get that get that fourth goal. Um, yeah. But you don't... Or run, it, or, run it to, or run it to the corners. That's the other thing, because I think 
Yeah. Tracy looked like he was doing that after the very, very end, and then I think the referee blew up. But uh, yeah, no, it's um, it's. Um, but on on the on the referees, I think they saw what was going on in the Euros. They saw the correct use of VAR and what a good tool it can be. Mm. But I think also they said to the referees is don't book everybody for ev- for everything. Not every foul is a yellow card. And there was a few times tonight, uh, I noticed Campering, uh, Casey Palmer went down easy and the referee was having none of it. Now, last season, mm. they'd, have got free, they'd have got free kicks, no doubt about it. But I think they sat down with the referees and said, look, you know, not and, and that Callas incident could have been a penalty. Now, I don't think it was. His arms were by his side. And I mean, when but he could have been... Yeah, it could have been the sensitivity last season. You know, it was very acute, wasn't it? Those sorts yeah. of things. Well, yeah, well, that's the that's exactly the point I'm making. That that you know, it, that his arms are by his side. Now, if he stretches them out and does a star jump and it hits hits his hand, yeah, that's a penalty, and that's fair enough. But um, yeah, I I think it, we've got a squad if we've got the right number of players fit, and we don't know how Joe Williams and Callum O'Dowd are. I was interested in it. Semenyo played for the under-23s so today, so he can't be far away. No. Um, I think he played 45 minutes or something like that. So he can't be a million miles away. But Joe Williams and Callum O'Dowd are two that could possibly come in. Williams could come in for uh, King. Yeah, and, if he's injured. Um, yeah. O- O'Dowd could come in for... For Pring, if 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 he so, we can rotate a bit. I don't think there's any need to leap in and do anything wildly different. Um, but but if you're going to freshen it up by putting two or three sets of legs in there, then by all means do it. I got yeah, without without weakening the side. Yeah. Sorry, guys, I got excited when you mentioned uh, Joe Williams. Then I, I, it's our new signing. He's 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 finally fit to play. I just. <laughs> I'm desperate to see how good he is. Um, I mean, I've heard all these well, good things about him when he was at Wigan and the like, and I can't wait to see him play. Yeah. And the, properly, the other thing about, about, about Joe Williams, although he's he's not an out-and-out holding player, he really likes a tackle. And it yeah. hence him pick, picking up 16 yellow cards. He was the most booked player in the championship <laughs> the, the, the season before we signed him. So, well, we need someone um, like that. We I, know that, don't we? Yeah, I, I hope he's all right. I really do hope hope, hope he's okay. Um, and I think they're just being very careful with him. And, and you know, in pre-season, the most he played in any game was 60 minutes. Wow. And and then he, he got that knock at Forest Green and or whatever it was, he felt something and he went off. Now, Nigel Pearson said, no, it's nothing serious. He just needs looking at. But that was, what was that? Uh, two, that was two games ago, say a week ago. Yeah, no, it's a week. It's a week ago. Mark, uh, you've been quietly listening in the background there. Um, do you think there's going to be transfer activity? All this business about Callas definitely going to be on his way. He gave a wholehearted commitment for us tonight. And I didn't really buy this. He needed more of a pre-season because there's other players and other clubs that have been coming back. But do you think between now and the 31st of the month, we will see departures and people coming in. Nigel's not a a fan of the loan market, but any predictions from you in that respect? I I haven't got a clue. I mean, City City will want good money for him because of the eight, you know, the eight, he cost us eight million, uh, didn't he, from Chelsea. So they want to see most of that back, but who's got the money to spend? Uh, So I don't think anybody, uh, I can't see a Premier League club coming in for him. Definitely nobody in the championship. Have a foreign club got that sort of money? 
I don't think so. And you yeah. know, I trust Thomas Callas to you know to, to to be the international defender he is and, and, and play all heartedly for Bristol City. But and if he goes, we'd have to have a replacement lined up because we'd be short short of centre back. So you know, maybe you let a Taylor Moore go or an Adam Nadge, which might free up <laughs> yeah, the money for exactly. another striker, and that's yeah, it. I mean, uh, Chris, the, the, the crop of youngsters at Ashton Gate, there was just a smattering of the under-23 games shown on Robins TV prior to uh, the main event. I mean, is he Algerian, that lad, Benarus? And he's got, he's got, you know, I've just seen a couple of clips of him that game and a couple last season. We're very lucky having these players coming through now, aren't we? And we've waited probably 10 years to get or more to get the quantity of coming through. And the quality seems to be there this time as well, doesn't it? Well, I suppose we've, you know, we've got Max O'Leary, we've had Zach Viner, we've had Joe Bryan and Bobby Reed. Um, I mean, we've had a few come through, haven't we? But, you know, at the moment when, we, when we've been sort of stripped of our experienced players, we've had to play more of the... Um, academy lads, especially towards the back end of last year. So we've got to have a look at a few of them, haven't we? Um, so, mm. And they've all stepped up to the mark. I mean, that's what I like about, you know, football. You give some of these, or, or even life in general, you give you give someone an opportunity and it's up to them to take it. And a few of them have, you know, whether they've stepped up and they've done it on, on enthusiasm or whether it's been on ability and they've just got to sort of grow into those shoes, at least they're getting the chance nice and early. And then they know, you know, they know what, standard they need to be at they know where the, how good they need to be is where they need to be to be a championship player and they go back and they go and practice their technique they go and practice it in games and when they are when they do get a second call or a third call they're ready to take it and grasp it with both hands so yeah it's really exciting i love it i i mean there's, there's nothing better than seeing a, a local lad or even an academy lad come up all the way through whether you're talking about an algerian or whether you're talking about someone from guernsey or whether you're talking about uh, chris honor Somebody from Mag- somebody from Mangusfield or Nailfield or something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, listen, listen. There is nothing better than you know someone coming up to you even when you're 50 years of age and saying, "Listen, hi, Chris. I remember watching you play at Portishead or Western Supermare." And you go, "Really? I've watched your career." And you think, "There's people out there who remember that far back because I barely do." But you know, it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's lovely. You know, honestly. If they say, yeah. "I remember you playing for Eritreaonians," you get a shock, do you? Well, I had to go far, as far away from Bristol to, to get my head back in gear after being <laughs> after leaving Bristol. You know, it's anyway. It was the wisest. Uh, it was the wisest move at the time. I thought it was going to be a good. Move, you played the Scottish Cup final, Chris, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I was very lucky. I mean, I, I, I mean, it's funny. You know, joking aside, I went up to Scotland and I possibly went into the best dressing room. Um, I ever experienced the best set of lads I'd, I'd ever been with. They, they were so nice. But they were the toughest group I'd ever been with. They didn't suffer falls. They trained really hard. There wasn't any big time Charlies. And um, if, if you if you thought you were bigger than the rest, they certainly let you know very quickly. And they were a proper team, no superstars. Uh, and we bridged the gap and we had a couple of good seasons up there. Fantastic. Guys, it's a late one. Yeah, it's a late one tonight. Chris, great having you on for the first time. You, you know, we can all talk, but you've actually played the game. Uh, I certainly didn't. Ian, I think you probably played a little bit and you're probably like me, Mark. You know, it was all in the head, but not in the feet. But uh, guys, yeah. thanks for everybody who's... Uh, 
Thanks to everybody who's been listening, all the comments. Now, Lisa, your sister, Mark, she's been uh, on there a lot. So, Lisa, you have to come on sometime, give a female voice on the uh, podcast. I'm told by Folks23 that O'Dowder <laughs> did as much rest tonight as he's done in the last six years. He was sat in the away. I think that's a little bit harsh, actually, to our uh, Irish uh, international, but obviously Mick McCarthy sees something in him. Um, Ian, any any final words from you tonight? Looking forward to Friday? And and then we're going to wrap it up. Over to you for the final comment. Um, I, I, I think it'd be very interesting to see. I, th- I, I can see us staying with the same shape. Um, I'd like to see him bring in some fresh legs because I think because it's only three days' time. And and I think young lads like Alex got, what, what we don't want to do is overplay him and burn him out. And one point I'll make uh, is that you know, Aston Villa didn't used to pay, uh, play Jack Grealish because he was a cracking defender. They they got him on the ball in key areas and he really hurt teams. Hence, he gets a hundred million pound move on two hundred mm. grand a week or whatever he's earning. So that's what how we need to look at Adam Scott. I I don't see him as a as a workhorse. I think he will work hard and I think he'll work for the team. Uh, and he's like all the academy lads. He's not afraid to put his foot in. He might not have the physicality yet to go with it, but there, there's no chickens coming out of that academy. They'll all have a pot. Um, yeah. And and the the other thing is, I, I want to clear a couple of <laughs> clear a couple of things up because some people have had a go at me about, oh, you want a basket, <laughs> you want a you want a basketball team, you want everybody six foot six. I don't. What I want us to do is do what we did tonight, which play play to our strengths. And if you look at our side. We ain't that big, so we're not like uh, uh, we're not like John Beck's team, where he used to, t- you know, Gary Johnson told me this story and Lee uh, built it out, where he used to build up the corners of the pitch so the ball didn't go out. And if if you joined as a fullback, your trial consisted of can you hit a seventy yard diagonal pass, and if you couldn't, you didn't get a job. It was as simple as that, right? And Ian, what you Ian, did well. Ian, very quickly, yeah. that is a hundred percent right. I played there for Bristol City, and they grew the grass longer in the channels so they could plant the ball into the channels and even watered the channels, so so it was softer. <laughs> when the ball landed, it didn't go out of play. It was the hardest place to go and play in the world. It yeah, was that I, FA I, and fifth round replay, wasn't it? Second yeah. replay. Yeah. It was horrible. Yeah, yeah. It was, they, they, they barely, barely and bearing in mind, they had some decent players. I mean, Dion Dublin went back, Dion was he? There, absolutely, yeah. He was a good lad. And, Lee, Lee, you know, he ran his heart out and he ran the channels with Taylor. And, you know, just... Liam Taylor, that was, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, John Taylor. Taylor. Taylor, Taylor, Taylor finished up at the gas. But, no, my, my point is, when I talk about the height thing, it's how you play. And, and my view is, it's no good ping the ball forward. Tonight, we got the ball into Martins. All right, it might have been head height. But we got the ball in to his chest and his feet and he linked up. And he linked up for two reasons. One, because we played the ball to him. Secondly, we had the movement around him. Byman, Scotty, uh, uh, all the rest of it. And that worked. And and that's why we had that great first 15 minutes. And we dropped off a bit after that. So I don't know whether that was because Reading changed their shape to match up and they closed us down and they stopped us doing it. Da, 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 da. But we stopped playing football a bit. And if we go on playing football like that, I, I don't care if, like Barcelona, when they beat Man United at Wembley in the Champions League, the average height of the side is five foot eight. But then again, they did have Messi, Xavi, 
Iniesta and a few blokes who could play. Now, if you're going to play like that, there will, there, there, there will not be a bigger fan of that type of football than me. But there you go. There you go. Gonna, you, you, gonna, you shout the moaners. You shout the moaners if, about you always if, going if, on about tall blokes. No, if, if, but if we're going to get the ball forward, and then you've got to think, well, hang on a minute. Okay, fair enough, Ian. What if Chris Martin can't play against Swansea? Who goes up front? Well, Louis Britton. And, 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 <laughs> or or well, Naki. Naki yeah, but, 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 but Naki, that, that's the same point with Naki. Yeah, play Naki there, but for God's sake, get a ball into his feet, not above his head. Because if I'm a big, you know, just imagine for fun that I'm a big six foot four centre half and I'm up against Naki Wells, the one place I want the ball is a foot is above his air. head. I yeah. mean, because yeah, I, mean, I, I don't even, I don't even need to jump. Ian, on Saturday against Middlesbrough, I just felt as if someone had mentioned the fact that if you played the ball in behind the centre-halves, we were going to get on the end of it because it would turn them because they were slow. So we kept on playing the ball, over-hitting it or into the centre-halves' heads, and the ball was kept on coming back. It was only when Naki Wells came on and he started buzzing around and looked really dangerous that we started looking a decent team. I think you can play the ball into Martin's feet and you know what? He's a great little, he's got some great little touches. And sometimes I think we yeah. can go a little bit too, too route one. Yeah, no, yeah. I think the first and maybe shot, And maybe we, Baker we, not playing, and maybe Baker not playing today because you said the other week, Ian, that Baker, his easy option is usually the long ball out, isn't it? And we actually didn't have much of that today from the two well, central two, defenders. There's, there's two people you've got to blame for that. Firstly, it's your midfield players. Because if you had Brian Tinian in midfield, he wouldn't need to do that because he'd get the ball into Tinian and Tinian would pass it. So yeah, you, I'd, blame, I'd blame the midfield players for not making themselves available because when you're a defender, you're in there to stop the other side scoring goals primarily. And anything else is a real bonus. But if you could say, I played 46 games this season and of the, the bloke I was marking never scored in any game, you ain't a bad defender. And, yeah. and I think Nathan Baker's a really good defender. Uh, he's brave. He's well, he's almost suicidal at times, but he's but he needs somebody that he can give the ball to. Absolutely. You know, I hundred percent. I, I I said this to David today, and you could you could see the Middlesbrough team were funneling the ball to Baker. So Baker was with the centre half left with the ball because uh, they knew eventually he would get he would get impatient. And he would just get this the driver out his bag, and he'd drive it two hundred and fifty yards down the middle of the fairway, which went usually either out of play or straight through to the goalkeeper. They didn't want Atkinson to have it because he was quite cultured and he can pass the ball into midfield. But you're right if we if we see that happening and teams are going to watch us regularly, so they know how we play. Someone's got to get the ball off Baker and just get the ball going, get the ball flowing. Yeah. So and if you're going to play the ball ball in behind. You don't necessarily need to have a big guy there. Uh, don't play it to him in the air, but play the ball in behind, like we did with Bobby Reed, for example. Yeah. But we didn't play the ball at Bobby Reed's, you know, a foot above his head. We played the ball in behind so he could run, or we played it into the channel so he could get the ball. We got players past him, like your Brown Nils and players like that, who you could play in, and 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 that's how you, that's what I want to see. And, and at the end of the day, I, was, I said I don't care. If if we can't do that, if you say, look, I'm ever so sorry, you won't be able to do that in two seasons' time, but with the players we got, we haven't really got that player in the side. Right, OK, then. You put a bigger lad up front, 
you play Naki Wells next to him or Andy Vyman next to him. And the other thing I think about Martin and Vyman is more with Martin than Vyman, to be honest. They're both intelligent players and the first yard's in their head. So they, they yeah. can see a pass. They can see a move developing. And a little bit like when you see Harry Kane play for Tottenham and he goes goes deeper, he goes into the pocket, gets the ball played to him. But then what happens is he's got Hunmin Son and whoever's on the other side absolutely bombing past him into space. He yeah. turns around, gets his head up and plays it in. Now, that's the Just bit we, yeah. we, 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 that's the bit we didn't get. Uh, but if we start doing that, you have got players who can make the runs, providing their coach to do it. So I'm thinking about Pring's quite quick. You've got O'Dowda can run, make the runs. Semenyo, Sam Pearson can make those runs. But they've got to be coached to do it. And you've got to get the ball into his, into Martin's feet or Matty James's feet so he can do it. But it'd be interesting to see if, if Andy King... I don't know what was the matter with him tonight, but he, he, uh, if Andy King can't play, it'd be interesting. My guess is he'll pick Masengo to play next to him. Um, yeah. Or or it might be Tyreek Backinson. As I say, if Joe Williams isn't fit and, you know, Williams and O'Dowd haven't been in the squad um, since they um, since they got hurt. But since Nigel Pearson did say... Yeah, but Nigel Pearson did say... That neither of them serious. I mean, he said O'Dowda was going to be available for Middlesbrough. So whether um, whether he's not available, perhaps somebody who saw him in the away end can tell us if he's um, if he's going to be fit for this one. Oh, I'm game. sure that'll be mentioned on uh, on OTIP. guys. Right, let's try and uh, shut it down now. Really intelligent conversation. Uh, Chris's input invaluable. Ian, always your comments are uh, welcome and thought provoking. Mark and. Uh, Myself, uh, the bit part players here, we were the reserve strike force on this uh, podcast today, but it's been great, <laughs> great having a chat. Chris, let's, uh, I, I don't want your commitment every time we do it. We won't be doing one on uh, Friday, actually, although we'll probably do something Saturday morning, brunch or something like that. But it's been really great having you on. And uh, up to about 100 people have been listening uh, at some points today. I think some people have gone to bed now, but this will be uploaded later. So, everybody, have a great evening. Thanks for your contributing contribution. And uh, how great it is to see uh, City get a win, a final score in Reading, Reading 2, City 3. Good night, everybody. Good night. Have a good week. Yeah, good, good night, sweet Good night. God bless. Bye. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.